This is Plant-Based Briefing, Do Fish Feel Pain? Part 2, by Emily Moran Barwick at BitesizeVegan.org. And I'm Marian Erickson, host of this curated content plant-based podcast, where I narrate a variety of articles on the various aspects of plant-based and vegan living with permission in about 10 minutes or less every weekday. And today's article was longer than that, so it's a two-parter. I read part one yesterday, so go back and listen to that if you haven't already, and then jump back here for part two. So now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. Do Fish Feel Pain? Part 2 by Emily Moran Barwick at BitesizeVegan.org Just as Rose's paper is the flagship of the Fish Don't Feel Pain camp, the Fish Do Feel Pain camp was more or less born from a paper published by Lynn Snedden, Victoria Braithwaite, and Michael Gentle in 2003. It's strange, really, that it took that long to look into this matter. In her book, Do Fish Feel Pain?, Braithwaite suggests that the delay was perhaps because asking if fish feel pain challenges established ideas. It is akin to opening the proverbial can of worms. As we pose the question, a whole slew of unknowns arise. When preparing for their initial research paper, she says she and Gentle wondered, could this be right? Was it really the case that at the end of the 20th century, we couldn't answer a straightforward question about whether fish had the necessary gross anatomy to detect pain? Fish are the largest vertebrate group. Did we really know so little? Within their initial study, the three scientists injected bee venom or vinegar around the mouth of fish and recorded their reactions. The fish had increased breathing rates, lost interest in food, and would rub the injection sites up against the glass of the tank. I'd like to take a moment here to talk about this kind of animal testing. While the scientific exploration of animals' experience is fascinating and can help convince people that animals do feel and deserve protection, it's never justifiable to harm, torture, and kill animals in the name of intellectual progress. Because they do not consent to participating in such studies as human trial participants can, the practice is not ethical. I'll circle back to this matter when I wrap up, but I just wanted to make a note as I'll be relaying results from such studies. Immediately after publishing, Braithwaite and her colleagues were grabbed up by the media who all wanted to know whether this meant that fishing or angling was cruel. Did fish suffer from this quote-unquote sport? Unfortunately, this study did not answer that question as it didn't delve into the perception of pain, the level beyond nociception. To do so, Braithwaite says, they needed to incorporate complex behavior. They chose a trout's natural avoidance of new things, a behavior that requires a higher-order cognitive process. Again, fish were injected with vinegar and the control group with saline, and a new object was introduced to their aquariums. Those injected with saline showed the expected avoidance behavior, while those injected with vinegar did not. Braithwaite states, To us, these results showed that the vinegar injection was impairing the fish's attention, as expected if the fish experienced discomfort and pain associated with the vinegar treatment. To be sure, they repeated the experiment, only giving all the fish a dose of morphine along with their injections. As predicted, when given pain relief, the fish injected with vinegar resumed their normal avoidance behavior. Braithwaite summarizes, The fish must be cognitively aware and experiencing the negative experiences associated with pain. Being cognitively aware of tissue damage is what we mean when we talk about feeling pain. A lesser-known Russian study published before Braithwaite and her colleagues found similar results, and since the 2003 publication, a large number of subsequent studies have been conducted, finding more and more evidence of fish's pain perception. 
While the question of nociception is separate from the question of pain, it can be further said that the question of pain may be separate from the question of suffering. So, do fish suffer? This is again where Rose would say absolutely not, as they lack the neocortex and higher consciousness. However, these kinds of statements assume that fish have to suffer as we suffer and feel as we feel, or not suffer or feel at all. It's undeniable that fish have different physiology from us, so it would be naive to assume their cognitive and emotional abilities would be identical to ours. However, just because fish may not express themselves in a way we readily comprehend does not mean they don't feel pain and suffer. Regarding this further layer, Braithwaite points to a number of other studies that delved into the cooperative interaction of fish with other aquatic animals and evidence of monitoring and self-consciousness. She states, Pulling the different threads together, fish really do appear to possess key traits associated with consciousness. Their ability to form and use mental representations indicates fish have some degree of access consciousness, suggesting that, if we already accept that mammals and birds are sentient creatures that have the capacity to experience positive and negative emotions, pleasure or suffering, we should conclude that there is now sufficient evidence to put fish alongside birds and mammals. Given all of this, I see no logical reason why we should not extend fish the same welfare considerations that we currently extend to birds and mammals. She even goes so far as to compare the evidence for fish's ability to perceive pain to that of neonate and preterm babies, concluding that there is far more evidence of fish experiencing pain than for human fetuses. Still, sadly, Braithwaite does not take this to the full logical conclusion and still eats fish. Something to make note of as well, aside from the pain inflicted upon fish who are hooked and even gutted and descaled while still alive, is the incredibly painful and slow process of dying from lack of water. Think about the process of drowning, how terrifying and painful it would be. Just as we cannot live without air, fish cannot live without water, and many fish that are caught are left to gasp on a bed of ice while they die a terrifying and painfully slow death. The Humane Slaughter Act of the United States, which in and of itself is a joke, does not include any provisions for fish, poultry, rabbits, or other animals outside of cattle, pigs, and sheep. There's no regulation on the treatment of fish, and because it's so easy to relegate them to a sub-animal status, given how different they are from us in appearance and behavior, their deaths are absolutely brutal. Now, as promised, to circle back to the issue of animal testing— We may be tempted to say, but if they didn't conduct these studies, then there wouldn't be proof that fish suffer, so more fish would be suffering. Sadly, the proof that fish suffer hasn't put a dent in the slaughter of fish. And the mentality of, the ends justify the means, is a dangerous road to go down. On a global scale, the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization's data, fishcount.org.uk, estimates that we catch up to 2.8 trillion wild fish every year. I think it's prudent to bring forth the words of Jeremy Bentham in his text An Introduction to the Principles of Morals and Legislation, published in 1789, in which he said, The question is not can they reason, nor can they talk, but can they suffer? You just listened to Do Fish Feel Pain? Part 2 by Emily Moran Barwick at BitesizeVegan.org. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson. This is such an important topic. So many fishes are completely ignored and they suffer horrifically, both wild-caught and factory-farmed fish. If you're interested in some more information, check out episode 88, Fish, the New Factory-Farmed Animals. It's horrific.
Life on an Aqua Farm. And 252, we now know fish feel pain. Why continue harming them? And I'll put links to both of those in the show notes. And please share this episode with anyone who might benefit. And thanks for listening.